Welcome, everybody, to Outside the Box Conversations. I am so pumped for today's episode. I have Ernie Dixon from Elite Physical Performance, which is located inside of our performance medicine offices. We talk with him about how to stand, how to uh, strengthen muscles that uh, help with your IT band. So if you've ever had hip pain, IT band tightness, if you've ever felt lower back pain when you're standing for long periods of time inside of a, in a line or whatever, he goes over all of it, just super practical stuff that we all can do at home so that we can keep, you know, keep healthy in the sense that, you know, our joints have full range of motion. Um, it, it's just another way to, to age healthy and it's super outside the box thinking. So I'm super pumped. Uh, guys, this is Ernie Dixon uh, on Outside the Box Conversations. Hope you guys get a lot out of this show. And before we started uh, recording here, you told me you want to talk a little bit about IT bands. Yes. And yes. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm a tennis player, and and I've had knee problems in the past. As you know, we've uh-huh. worked together. Sure. Um, Tell us about, you know, if we're getting older, you know, what sort of pain are you seeing if, you know, if it's coming from the, the IT band or the hip? It seems like over the last two, three weeks, I've seen a lot of IT band issues. And the IT band stands for iliotibial band. And, and it's, it's, it's a big, thick band of fascia or tissue that goes from the outside of your hip down uh, past the knee joint there or, you know, on the outside. So most people that have IT band, uh, issues, they'll complain of pain in the lateral hip. That's usually why they come in. They'll say, you know, the outside of my hip really hurts, or they'll say the outside of my knee hurts. And the IT band is kind of a lateral stabilizer for your hip and knee and the lower extremity. So, um, you, you know, there's uh, several muscles that insert on the IT band, but usually when you get that, um, you know, when you have the IT band inflammatory thing going on, um, it's where you have an imbalance in, in the muscle strength and the, and the flexibility. So, so what are some of the first signs that I might have an, an IT band issue? You, you said lateral, lateral hip pain. Right. Uh, what is that? It's kind of like, it, you, know, you know, on the outside of the thigh, or, you know, the upper thigh, there's a little bony area. It's called the greater trochanter. And, and the IT band goes over that area. And that's usually one of the things people will say, you know, they'll say it hurts in my lateral hip, but really it's in the greater trochanter there because it's rubbing over that bony area. And you get a little bit of a bursitis underneath there. But it's real tender to touch, even if you lay on that side at night, sometimes just the pressure of you laying there. And usually you'll be tender throughout the IT band area and even on the outside of the knee because it crosses the the knee joint and the lateral epicondyle, which is just a little bony prominence on the knee, is there. So, so it gets irritated there too. So, so like when patients come in with this sort of problem, what are some of the causes? Is there? Is it like I know you deal with a lot of yeah, runners. Yeah. Is it um, overtraining, or is it just something that kind of comes with age? It's kind of a gradual thing. Every, you know, everybody has their own history or, or, you know, cause of it. Most of the time, it's kind of an overuse type of thing. Like, say, if someone goes to, you know, say you go to Dollywood and you stand all day in line. And, you know, when you're standing, a lot of times, if you're standing on that leg, then you tend to use the IT band as a support mechanism a little bit. But, but you, know, you know, what happens a lot of times, the, the true abductor of your hip is called the gluteus medius. It's a muscle on the outside of the hip. Um, 
that you know that muscle tends to be a little weak in most people that have IT band syndrome, and then that causes you to use another muscle to compensate for it. And that other muscle, it's it, you know, you know, it's a real long name. It's called the tensor fascia latte, hmm. but, or the TFL. It's easier to say that. But so it tries to do the job of the gluteus medius, and then. And, of course, it's not really meant to do that job. So when it fatigues, it just sort of spasms and tightens up. And that tightens up the IT band because the tensor goes into the IT band. So you know, based on what you just said, the the solution is not only to roll out. Because I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if I have an IT band issue, I'm probably going to get on, you know, I've used a PVC yeah. pipe before. And there's obviously uh-huh. tons of different... Um, uh, rollout uh, tools right. um, to, to loosen that muscle up, but it also seems that there's a weakness going on. Like, yes, so, yes. so talk to me about the the weakness. Like, what can I do to strengthen up? I guess it's the gluteus maximus. No, it's the medius, and, and sometimes you'll have some in the maximus. The medius is that lateral muscle on the outside. And it's not one of the glamour muscles. If you go to the gym, most everybody works on their quad, their hamstring, and uh, you know, you know, maybe the glute max, but they tend to not do a lot of work on the gluteus medius. And there's not very many muscles really that, that are abductors of your hip. But the, uh, the gluteus medius is kind of a lateral stabilizer for your pelvis. So whenever it's weak, your pelvis tips a little bit and then that, then that makes the tensor want to kind of try to help you out. But, but it changes the angle so you end up getting more tension on that IT band and you know if you think of the IT band it's almost like the two ends of a rubber band one end attaches at the knee one end attaches up on the iliac crest so so if you know if the tensor is tightening up it's drawing that band tighter so when the band draws tighter it rubs on that bony prominence hmm. and that's where you get the IT band syndrome or with the bursitis the pain so so can can you describe some of the you know non-glamorous exercises yeah, hey, that, yeah. that no one's probably seeing at the gym yeah <laughs> yeah it's you know in, in, you know there's two ways to strengthen the of the gluteus medius and one is weight bearing with your body weight on it which is called the closed chain strengthening exercises and the other one is non-weight bearing or open chain you know, you know, you see people do a lot of the open chain where you lay on your side and you're doing leg lifts to the side. When you were and, describing it, that's what I was thinking. Right. Was and, that exercise. Yeah, most people were clamshells and those type of things. And those are good exercises. What a lot of people do, though, when they're doing the non-weight bearing or, or the open chain exercises, they tend to bring that leg forward a little bit, which fires the tensor, which is the one you don't want to fire because it's the one that's already overused anyhow so you're trying to strengthen the gluteus medius and, and uh, so you have to almost have your leg a little bit slightly behind have have your leg um, you know kind of pull your foot back to isolate a little bit I've always you know you've taught me to point my toes towards my shin right and it, especially when you're doing any of those right. any of the leg lifts uh-huh. and I'm guessing what that does is it focuses on the medius versus that tensor uh, that you don't want to touch, don't right. want to work out. Uh-huh. Or it's almost like, a, you know, it, it, you know, it's, you know, you know, you know, it's almost a synergy whenever you like certain muscles work together as a synergy. Mm-hmm. So when you pull the foot into dorsiflexion there, it helps sort of get that synergy for the abductor, that whole, um, you know, you know, the lateral musculature of the hip. So, so you try to put that, that, that leg in a position that's going to make that gluteus medius fire to the maximum. The hard thing sometimes is when you isolate it like that, 
you feel the weakness and your instinct is to try to do more reps and things so you bring the leg forward so when you do those you want to do quality over quantity mm. and and it doesn't take many reps sometimes to fatigue out the gluteus medius so we find ourselves substituting and then you start using the tensor again which is not what you really want to do um, would you be using this exercise even for people who are feeling the pain on the outside of their knee versus the pain in the hip? Sure, Same sure, thing? sure. You know, probably half half the people won't complain of pain up here. They'll complain of lateral knee pain, and, and that's the same thing. Of course, you can have other things that cause lateral knee pain, but one of the things you look for if somebody comes in with lateral knee pain is look at the IT band because okay. it inserts on Gertie's tubercle, which is a little um, – you know, it's a little landmark there on, there on your tibia. But, um, but it's the friction that the same thing when you flex and extend your knee, that band rubs over that bony prominence. So, um, and the other part of the strengthening is, uh, which is more functional, is do it weight bearing, which is in a closed chain. And so you can do some of those where. Uh, can, you, can you describe when you, because you've said a few times, and, and I'm not sure I know what closed chain means. Yeah, closed chain means that or closed chain means that your foot's on the ground. So you're weight bearing through that leg when you're doing the strengthening where open chain means that you don't have the ground contact. You don't have the weight bearing component. Okay. So the open chain is kind of like you're not weight bearing on it, but you know, we use these muscles functionally in that, in, 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 in that closed chain. Sure. Really. Yeah. So they, so they're used differently. Like when you're non weight bearing, you do the side lifts and the clamshells, but when you're walking, it's a, it's kind of a co-contraction of other muscles of the, the gluteus medius, the gluteus max, your hip flexors and adductors. They all kind of work together. It's kind of a stabilization of that hip. So, so it's a different strengthening when you're weight bearing on there. That's why a lot of times, you know, if you just do open chain and don't do close chain, you don't really get the full benefit of of the strengthening so what are some of the closed chain exercises are I'm, I'm assuming you're maybe some single leg type stuff right right you know you know you know you can do some single leg things where you're trying to stabilize on that leg and then have upper body trunk movement with it trying to stabilize you can um you know you know you can do monster walks where you're doing with tubing around your your, mm. your knees and doing side steps you can do one, a standing one on this leg, you get the, the opposite leg on the wall, up against the wall, and, and you're driving off of the injured leg, you're trying to elevate the pelvis on the opposite side. Because that's really how it, how it works functionally, is to stabilize that pelvis for you. Well, and, and that's a, I'm really glad you said that, because you know, the other thing that we were talking about before we um, started this podcast was the tendency to um, overcompensate. When, uh -huh. when we have pain like this, and I can see, you know, if you're looking for stability in your hips, um, where you're wanting things to kind of work in unison, but if I'm having pain, I'm trying to avoid feeling that, you know, I think you mentioned, you know, feet and ankles and knees, and what are some of the compensations that you're seeing in the practice in the sense of when, you know, people are trying to avoid feeling it maybe? Right. Um, or, you know, a lot of times in runners, you know, I've had the same issue before, you know, you know, that most people that run over the years at some point have had, you know, have probably had IT band uh, issues. But, you you know, like when you're having pain, you're trying to get away from that pain. So you start to place your foot in a different position or you, you turn your foot in or out more. And then you side, you know, you tend to side bend the trunk to that side a little bit because that takes some of the tension off of it. But then you put a more of a load on your lower back. And then, you know, like you, 
you know, your foot, you know, the foot and ankle, you start having some issues there sometimes because you're compensating. So you may end up with some Achilles tendonitis or, 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 you know, or, you know, even things like plantar fasciitis, those type of things, because you're changing the way you're, you're, you're placing the foot. You're trying to change that, that pattern that takes the pressure off the IT band, but it sort of goes somewhere else and you end up hurting something else if you keep going that way. Yeah, um, it's kind of, you know, the whole idea that, you know, we talk all the time about um, getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, in terms of, you know, pain, which I know you're seeing every single day, is this sort of pain the root of a lot of, you know, Achilles tendonitis type stuff and, you know, things that I know everybody can relate to. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I think it depends on each case. Everybody, you know, like, you know, a lot of times we have some biomechanical factors that like if we have like the angle of the knee, it's called, you know, like if you have a valgus of the knee or varus of the knee, and that's just the angle of the knee that, you know, people that have a knee varus, which is sort of a bow leg type thing they have a tendency to have tighter it bands a little bit because of the way the angle is so those anatomical things can have an influence on it some um you know technique in, in certain i mean you know like if you're uh, uh doing a lot of lateral movements and stuff in sports and stuff you know that really uses those abductors and and so if you're weak in those abductors you'll tend to compensate and move your your upper body more twist or turn because it's kind of a core musculature in your hip that you know so we find ways to compensate a lot of times but um but usually that creates another problem because you're not really addressing you know you're trying to get away from the pain uh, but um you know you know you know i think yeah you know i almost have to look at it from a biomechanical aspect that's where having a good eval helps you to see because sometimes it may be uh just weakness and tightness sometimes it's it's where you're you know you're uh, you know having some other issues would these exercises that you're talking about to strengthen the medius should that be you know kind of fundamental to a lot of our exercise programs yeah yeah Be I think because so. it is a it's a, such a functional thing right right know? And I find, you know, for most people, you know, when I check them and I ask them what they do, and, and a lot of people say, well, I go to the gym and I do this and this. And very few people really work on that muscle. Like I said, it's not really a glamour muscle that we see. You know, it's not one that you even notice, really, because it's on the side on the side of the hip there. But it's so important in stabilizing that that hip. And, you know, we tend to do the same routine when we work out. We all have, have, have patterns we like to do. And we always have favorite exercises we like to do. So we tend to pick those and do them. And we're good at those. But like the abductor muscle, um, you know, it's not a lot of like, you know, like machines in the gym that really address it. And, and some of the ones they actually have you do when you're sitting and doing the abduction yeah. is really not even a good position because you're flexed up when you're doing it you know it's better to do it standing doing that doing the abduction i'm glad you mentioned that because i'm sure you know for the people watching and listening that was probably one of the exercises that they were envisioning in their head yeah because you know that machines in every gym that we go to yeah. and you see people on yeah. it you know the adductor the uh inductor uh, or the abductors or that one outside the adductors are on adductors, the inside the adductors right, on right. the inside yeah but yeah you know a lot of times you know you know that's the machines you see in the gyms and and, and even the standing ones i'll ask someone how they do them they'll show me and usually they have that hip inflection when they're doing them so you need to almost be 
at least in neutral, even into extension doing it. But, but it's harder to do it that way. So we tend to, you know, most people like to have a certain amount of weight on their machines and do so many reps. So, you know, if they get tired, they just move the leg forward and think oh, I'm doing okay. But you sort of want to isolate it and pick on that weak muscle a little bit. I'm um, going to, I'm going to do a quick pivot here because I, it, it came to my mind as you were talking. Um, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine um, uh, who's a, who's a tennis guy uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of times when we get injuries, because we avoid, um, we avoid, in this case, it was a back injury. Yeah, uh-huh. So we avoid rotating and stuff like that. And what they were saying is like, that's how, you know, people get frail as they get older is because, you know, as they stop to, they stop making these movements, mm-hmm. the range of motion decreases so that's how over time our range of motion decreases in certain you know arenas sure is that does that connect with you at all like are you seeing that sure sure you know it's like anytime you're injured you you know you know like the injury itself causes pain so you tend not to move through the range because you know you try to stay out of that pain range but you know if you do it long enough it's almost a motor pattern that you get used to it and you almost think that's protective but it's really not you know you're you know, like, you know, like you've limited your range to, you know, like to try to avoid the pain, which initially is okay, but when you keep that pattern on and on, and you see it a lot of times in elderly folks later, like say they've, if they've had a surgery or something, or even if they had a little fall at home, they get fearful about moving, and and and, and so they start taking short short steps, real choppy steps, because they're afraid if they take a big step, you know, I might lose my balance and fall. And, and then, but that sort of grows on and on, and then it reinforces itself. And after a while, you're, you know, the, the steps get shorter and shorter. And, and same thing, you know, you know, even as an athlete, if you're, you know, you see it in shoulder injuries a lot of times if you've had a rotator cuff and you're doing a tennis serve and yep. you've had, then you change the way you, 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 you do the serve. You don't really come through in the, in a, in a big arc. You just sort of shorten up your, your arc a little bit, but that, but that changes your whole stroke, and then you have to compensate by changing your body, you know. Well, and then you have a whole new range of motion, which is much shorter. Yeah. And can you tell me, like, why is a shorter range of motion worse? You know, like those short steps versus a good yeah. stride. Yeah. Like, why is that such a sign of aging yeah. and getting older? You know, because yeah. it's so easy as we get older just to kind of accept Oh yeah. Okay. I'm, well, I'm getting older. I don't. I'm not supposed to be able right. to move this way. Yeah. You know, and that just—it's like a, like you said, it's a, it's a pattern that um, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a kind of a gradual thing, and you know, it kind of goes back to the old adage: if you don't use it, you lose it. Yes. And every joint in our body has a normal range of motion, kind of an active range of motion that it's meant to move in. Um, you know. You know, you know, like you have variations, in, you know, like in people, but pretty much in the, sh- you know, in the shoulder, like flexion should be about 180 degrees. Of course, some fo- folks don't have that much. You don't have to have that much to be functional, but, but you know, like we all have, like when we're young, you know, you know, if you haven't had any injuries or fractures or things or anything like that, most most people have full motion. And what happens is, as we age and as we do things, we don't have to actually raise your arm into 180 degrees so we tend not to do that we tend to work in these little areas right in front of us and then um, over time you know the postural things comes in like if you're sitting with your head forward your shoulders forward 
these muscles shorten up and then that sort of blocks you from being able to go full range so if you don't use that for a period of years and it's a gradual thing it's not not something that happens overnight but but if you ever look at you know posture especially like someone that's 20 and then you look at them at 40 and 50 60 70 80 they start to get that flex position it's because we're putting our body in that motion or 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 in that position more and uh, if you don't use that normal motion you start the the joint capsules tighten up the the ligaments and and the and the muscle tissue sort of shortens up so it's kind of a you know like your body thinks well you don't need that motion anymore we'll just tighten up around it but then it's kind of restrictive then i mean once it's there then you then you're forced into that pattern a little bit. It's almost like it gets stronger and stronger. So does that, does that bring about any, does that bring about pain? Yeah. Yeah. Because what you're doing there is you're, you know, you know, the joint has a synovial membrane and, and, you know, you know, uh, you know, like joints, you know, we have a lubrication that is through the synovial membrane. So when you move the joint, you're getting an exchange of fluid. That's what keeps that joint healthy. So you have oxygen, nutrition that comes in and out of that joint. But if you don't move the joint, the capsules, st- you know, it tends to get stiffer. The, you don't get the exchanges of the fluid, the synovial fluid. And so the cartilage starts to, de- you know, it starts to, you know, like, de- uh, you know, it starts to break down a little bit and you get those degenerative changes. So, and then that sort of causes pain. So you don't move it as much because it hurts to go to the end range. And, and it's then, just like a repeat. And it's just, yeah. So it's a gradual thing, but it starts so, so, so gradual. You don't pick up on it. And it's not till you get to something functional. That's why sometimes athletes are more prone to pick up on something than someone else that, that really isn't very active. If you have someone that's an office worker and they really don't have any, you know, outside activities they're doing sports or anything, you, then you can function in the office setting for, for 30, 40 years, probably not having it's not, any issues. It's not affecting your performance at, right, at all, right. or at least, you know, what we, the performance in our arena right. is. But then, you know, you know, you know, during that time you're getting more stiffness, more weakness, but, in, and then say one day you could say, I'm going to go out and do some yard work. And you get out there and you go, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Or you have pain and you're just not able to do it. Or you can't reach up in the closet. And, but, you know, and then that's usually when, when they'll go to the doctor or they'll come to the physical therapist and say, you know, gosh, I can't do this. Or I can't, or I, my, you know, my shoulder hurts when I try to do this. So, is, um, it, is it just a mindset in the sense that if, if you know, if, if we know that we're susceptible to this, because um, I'm even thinking of myself in terms of sitting at a desk you know, on a computer or whatever, um, you know, is the simple, just awareness of what could happen, is that going to get me to do full range movements that it, that's going to make sure that joint is healthy or in the case of the medius, you know, exercising yeah. that medius yeah. to make sure that that yeah. muscle's strong, because yeah. like you said, you know, if you don't use it, you're going to lose sure. it. You know, that medius is weak, Sure. you know, sure. because we don't, we're doing curls yeah, in the gym. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I think most people, you know, you know, I mean, like they don't even realize any, that anything abnormal is occurring, you know, because it's sort of like if you don't have pain, it, then you just don't address it. You think, well, I'm fine, you know, but but they may already start to, to show signs of, of of losing that range of motion, the postural things. You see it in the neck and shoulders a lot from people that work in an office a lot. They're kind of slumped over the desk or, or low back issues and so usually i mean they may know it's sort of happening but 
it's one of those things they just put it on the back burner and say, oh, I'm fine, I'm, you know, I'm doing fine with it. It's not until they actually have some pain, and then that's a motivator. Then, you know, when you start hurting, then you start going, okay, I'm, you know, like I'm willing to change. But most of us, or a lot of us, you know, you know, we have to have that little motivator to do it. But, uh, but, you know, you know, of course, people that are athletic and, and move a lot and been active, they tend to age better because they're making their joints and things, you know, go through the normal ranges and stuff. That's the one thing that is so good about the anti-aging part of it is being active and it doesn't have to be anything strenuous but doing stretching doing tai chi doing um you know those kind of things balance activities uh just good postural exercises you mm -hmm. know things we do but you know we have a tendency you know you know most of our life now most everybody we spend a lot more time sitting than we ever did years ago because we have computers and laptops and cell phones and we're always looking down so all these muscles on the front side of our body shorten up a little bit. We tend to get weak on the anti-gravity side, so it's kind of a it's kind of a synergy that happens. It's not overnight, but you know, but now you can can see it more so in younger people. You see people now in their twenties and thirties, sort of having these degenerative changes from just the postural things. I, I want to first of all, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a, a patient here coming soon. But I want to ask you about standing, uh -huh. um, and this kind of take us full circle to yeah. the IT band. Um, what if we're standing for long periods of time? I know Dr. Rogers, for example, um, starts to feel a lot of pain when he's standing yeah. for long periods, yeah. and I know you've worked with him on that. Like, is standing bad? Like, no, is no, it's not bad. It's just that you know, a lot of people, what they do, you know, when they stand, it's like if you're standing in line, we tend to lock our knees out sometimes, and we sort of hang, you know, you're actually sort of hanging on that IT band a little bit when you do that, or you're just kind of locking the knees, and or, or you'll get a sway in the back a little bit and that kind of thing. But you've got that constant loading on there, so the pressure builds up in that area. It's just like in the low back. If you have a little bit of stenosis or narrowing there in the spinal canal or or where the nerves exit on the foramen uh, when you're standing you've got that constant loading when you're walking you're you know you're taking a step with the right foot left foot so you're the weight's kind of you know going back and forth so it's not constantly loaded you know you're walking and and, and so you're getting blood flow through there and and you're kind of alternating with the weight bearing on there. When you're standing, a lot of times you just lock out in one position. So the key is to almost act like you're walking without walking in, in, in terms of your stance. So just don't lock out. Uh, make sure you got good posture. Yeah. You know, you, know, you know, sometimes, you know, a good thing to think, uh, you know, if you have to wait in line, like so you're waiting for tickets or, you know, if you're on, you know, like if you're in line for this COVID <laughs> vaccine or something like that, instead of just locking out, just bend your knee slightly. I mean, like nobody will even know you're bending your knee, but just, just don't lock the knee out because that allows your quads and your muscles and your legs to, activate. to, to activate. And that takes some of the loading off your hip and your back. Hmm. But if you, if you just lock your knees out, you know, you see some people, you know, the knee looks like it's even curving to the back, yep. you know, and that's even worse because you're hanging on those ligaments in the knee, the ACL and, and those ligaments. So, um, but it's kind of one of those, it's kind of a habit and just a thing that people don't think about. But, uh, but especially if you have some back issues, if you have some degenerative changes or stenosis in the back, um, you know, that extended standing is one thing that bothers a lot of people. And it's just because of the constant loading. It makes total sense actually because when you're walking you're you're kind of shifting weight and then it doesn't have time to build up but then you stop and stand and most people say well gosh that standing really bothers me 
Ernie Dixon, this has been a pleasure, man. Oh, thank you. Thank so you. Thanks fun. for having me on. No, I appreciate you taking out the, the time today. Guys, if you didn't get if, if you didn't get anything <laughs> out of that, then you need to rewind it. You need to put push that 30 second, 30 second, 30 second back because this was uh, full of gems from Ernie. Um, Ernie Dixon with elite physical performance here in the performance mess of Johnson City office. You're the man. I appreciate oh, you. Oh, th- Thanks so much, man. Guys, this has been Outside the Box Conversations. I'm Ben Rogers, your host, Ernie. We'll see you guys next time. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.